Uh, this is a story we haven't talked about in a while, but I think we need to keep shining a light on this. And that that, that fits into the conversation we're going to have, because we used to talk about it a lot more than we do. And I think that's um, an important part of it, just the role that all of us around the world play in keeping this in the forefront. Uh, you might have heard that yesterday the Canadian government slapped another round of sanctions in response to the Iranian situation, which has now um, stretched more than four months, believe it or not. The latest actions target Iranian propaganda. Two Iranian officials, three entities are mentioned by the feds. As you know, protests have gripped Iran for weeks now. It all follows the death of 22-year-old Masa Amini. She died in the custody of Iran's so-called morality police. Uh, her head covering wasn't being worn properly. Not that she didn't have one, but she wasn't wearing it properly. That's the official line. Uh, in the meantime, protesters have been imprisoned and sentenced to death. Indeed, hanged publicly. The charge, believe it or not, is waging war on God. It's 2023, and people are being hung publicly in this world for waging war on God. It's it's very hard to wrap your head around for people who live in this part of the world, but it is indeed happening. To help us get a better understanding of the situation, we're going to chat now with Kava Sharuz, who is someone who's been he's heavily involved. He's a lawyer, a senior fellow at the McDonald-Laurie Institute Center for Advancing Canada's Interest Abroad, and has been a go-to expert on this situation. Uh, Kava, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate your time. Very good to be with you. Thank you. So we'll get to these Canadian sanctions in just a moment. First, though, we, we, we haven't talked in a while. And as I said, I read this weekend that two people were publicly hanged for waging war against God. That's the point that the regime pushback has gotten to, right? That's correct. I mean, these are the two latest hangings. Yeah. Uh, there were a number uh, a week or so ago before that. And yeah, as you said in your introduction, waging war on God or enmity with God. I mean, this is really something out of the medieval period. Um, and this is what, this is what the people of Iran have to live with. Um, so, uh, you know, just, just so your listeners can understand, um, why people are rising up. It's they're rising up because in the 21st century, you know, Iran has a, has a regime that's really something out of the medieval period. And, 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 you know, we mentioned these hangings that have happened already. Dozens more. I mean, hundreds more are in prison, but dozens more, uh, more than 20 facing the death penalty, right? That's exactly right. So the regime, by its own estimates, has, has detained like 15 to 18,000, and that number sort of fluctuates. And yeah, there are about 20 or so that are actually facing the death penalty right now. Um, a couple of days ago, there was a worry that two more men had been sort of moved into um, solitary confinement, which is kind of the, with right. the, the step right before um, heading to execution. Thankfully, that execution hasn't been carried out, but that threat hangs over the head of each one of those 20 or so people. What has that effect, uh, what's been the effect on the protests? They continue, but we don't hear as much about them anymore. Um, these This kind of crackdown and indeed people being killed. What's been the uh, impact on the protesters in Iran? Yeah, so the purpose of these executions is really to, to spread fear, and I think they have had some effect. Um, as, as you mentioned, there are fewer protests. Yeah. Uh, there's a, there's a number of reasons for that, but I think part of it is, is just the indiscriminate violence that the regime, uh, unleashes. Part of it is, is also, you know, we just hear less about them because the, the regime shuts down the internet and doesn't allow news to, to get out. But, uh, what I see when, in, uh, you know, in online conversations and what I hear in my conversations with people inside the country, 
uh, it's just this fury that's building each one of these executions actually makes people far more angry. And I think this is going to erupt um, in large numbers once again pretty soon. I think there just needs to be another spark for you know, getting people on the streets. Where does the international community fit into this? I know, I mean, it was, a, it was, I mean, for lack of a better term, a real cause celeb. And, and then there was the World Cup and the stance taken by uh, the soccer players there. Um, but you don't see as much of that in the headlines here in Canada or on CNN. It's, it's fallen out of the international spotlight. Where does that where does that need to be? I mean, is that part of, as you say, the uprising getting reignited? Yeah, I think I think that's a really good point. Regrettably, you know, attention spans tend to be short, and they've moved on to other things. Um, and that's actually exactly what the Iranian regime wants. They want people to look elsewhere so that they can crack down much more quickly, much more efficiently, and they can kill people without any real repercussions. So, you know, there have been announcements of sanctions, as, as you mentioned, by Canada mm-hmm. and others. Um, that's obviously good, but the international focus needs to remain on the story because these protests, um, they've, they've dwindled a little bit in numbers, but they're, you know, that fury is still there and the threat is, and, and the regime is still under severe threat. Um, and, and it's going to lash out in all sorts of ways. I, I mean, last time we spoke, you actually said you thought that the, the regime could potentially, um, be altered forever, if not gone, uh, as a result of what we're seeing right now. Do you still feel that way? I absolutely do. I think this regime will fall. Um, it's not going to be something that happens immediately, like in the next two months or anything. But, you know, the the anger that you've seen from the Iranian people and the absolute clarity with which many, many people have spoken in saying that we don't want this regime anymore, it just makes this regime unsustainable. Add to that the pressures uh, from the international community, add to that the sanctions that are just kind of starving the economy of this country. This this powder keg cannot cannot exist for much longer. It's going to explode. And the people have very clearly said that they want this regime gone. So uh, I think that's going to happen, uh, perhaps not in the immediate term, but certainly in the medium term. You know, that's interesting to hear you say that, because, I mean, I, I heard about the sanctions yesterday. I was kind of like, okay, that's great, but I, I don't know if they're doing anything. You say they are. Hey, I mean, the sanctions, what the, what what the world community is doing is actually having a meaningful impact on this? Oh, absolutely. It's a, it's a combination. I mean, the, the sanctions that were mentioned that were imposed yesterday by Canada are, are sanctions on individuals and particular institutions. There are much broader, particularly U.S. sanctions on the Iranian economy. But every one of these sanctions is effective in the sense that it uh, imposes a further cost on the Iranian regime and its officials who are trying to carry out this kind of brutality. Um, they are forced to think twice. And I think over time, this is going to create cracks within the system that uh, protesters can then can then use to sort of break the system apart. Can and should the international community do more? Is there more they could do? There's always more to do. Uh, I've been saying this in interviews for the past few months. Iran's regime is an apartheid regime. It is a gender apartheid regime, and in many ways it's a religious apartheid regime. It ought to be treated the same way South Africa was treated in the 1980s. Um, it's got to be isolated diplomatically completely, and I think the international community needs to recognize that it's time for this regime to go. Our leaders need to say that, and they need to sit down and start talking to opposition figures um, and trying to figure out how to move this uh, move this revolution along. Um, and I guess the last one here, and it's a question on the text line from a couple of people. And uh, what can we as Canadian citizens do to lend our support to the protesters and those trying to push back against this regime? It's an excellent question. And the answer to it is something that we talked about a few minutes ago. International focus seems to have moved on to yeah, other things, but the protesters desperately need 
uh, international attention. So what ordinary Canadians can do is to talk about what's happening, write to their MPs, post about it on social media. It seems like such a minor thing, you know, putting out an Instagram post or uh, writing a tweet about it, but it really matters because the accumulated um, international pressure really forces politicians to act, it forces the media to, to keep the spotlight of the story, and it really does help the revolution. Well, I mean, uh, that that's good to hear, and that's easy to do, and we will continue to do it. Uh, Kevin, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate being here. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.